In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's January 12th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 99 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And I'm looking for Karen somewhere underneath this pile of yarn and stuff. I'm under here. I'm fine. Karen, Karen, send up an appendage somewhere so I can find you. Alright, I'm waiting towards the Koigu. If that's the wrong direction, just... Just pass me some cookies, I'm fine. You still have my cookies. <laughs> yes. You have my cookies. Holding them for ransom. Yeah, yeah. Well, You have all the yarn. What can I give you? <laughs> Lord have mercy, woman. Well, yes, I'm not entirely buried under a pile of projects, but that's not without trying. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, from the winter holidays, and Happy New Year, and and all that sort of stuff. Yay, Happy New Year! And we hope everybody's New Year was safe and sane, and you're not in a body cast, and you're listening to us, you know, with um, good or healthy memories behind you, and not the wasted champagne dancing on the ceiling kind of memories. (laughs) And hopefully you've had time to recover from dealing with family. Right, or you could say, hopefully, you, hopefully you've had time to recover enough to go back into the office, you know. Yeah. If you haven't <laughs> gone back into the office since leaving for Christmas, they might be wondering where you are. And I don't think buried under a pile of Malabrigo is going to help. Well, if you haven't... Uh, recovering to go back into the office is for those who, you know, get to take like two weeks off around Christmas. That's true. Some too. of us... <laughs> We only get the days off that are actually holidays. That are actually stat. Okay, that's true too. So how was your holidays, Miss Garen? Good! How were yours? Since you were not cold? No, I was fricka 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 hot. Everybody, whenever I, whenever they say, hey, how was your vacation? Because for those of you who are just joining, or if you need a, a reminder, the Elfling and I went down to the Bahamas to visit with my family for Christmas. And we came back just a little bit before New Year's. So everybody's saying, how was your trip? And I said, it was hot. And they said, oh, that's fantastic. And I'd say, no. When you get boob sweat setting the table for Christmas dinner, it's hot. Okay? Yeah, that's pretty nasty. And (laughs) I'm not exaggerating because one of the things I do that we do in our house is I go into the backyard and I cut off, you know, flowers and boughs from trees and, you know, basically foliage that's growing in the backyard. And I set it in the middle of the table and lo and behold you know while doing this i feel something in my hair i put my hand back there and i come back with a spider okay it's a it's a teeny tiny orb spider and i prided myself very much in not freaking the frickety frack out and walking very calmly back to the backyard splooshed it into the air sploosh is a technical term i presume and walking very calmly back in because you know i have to be more butch than my brother's this is my goal in life. So when I started feeling something underneath my shirt, I'm like, oh, great. I didn't get an insect under my shirt. Oh, no, that's sweat. That's how hot it is. Ugh. And because it's December and everybody else down there is acclimated so minutely, nobody is running air conditioning at that time of the year. Despite Be- it being... <laughs> it doesn't what, matter. Because it's... that. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't check, but it was boob sweat hot. 
because uh, electricity is so expensive down there because it's imported, people use their air conditioning only sparingly. Mm -hmm. And my dad is a cheap Scot. <laughs> so he uses it even less sparingly. So, or more sparingly, I should say. So, yeah, there was no air conditioning piping that day. And, yeah, I wanted to take showers like three times a day. And uh, I did have my high school reunion. 20-year yes. high school reunion. I gotta admit, okay, the first reunion I've ever, ever gone to. And I was psyching myself up really cross-wired, bad, crazy, hyper... I can do this kind of thing. Even my husband is looking at me going, you're overthinking this just a bit. Because <laughs> I changed my idea for a, an outfit three times over in the same day. You can't go too posh because then you're coming in and you're, you're, you're primping and you're posing and then you're go it's going to be too much. But you can't be too down because then everybody's going to think, oh, like you never actually made something of yourself. Once and I'm like, obviously doing the overthinking part. Mm -hmm. Wound up, it was such a freaking fantastic time. It fell right back into like we were all at lunchtime sitting around the cafeteria tables mm -hmm. just doing the same old thing nobody cared about what you wore nobody cared about your jewelry nobody cared about your hair nobody cared about your makeup everybody just was sharing stories and like no no no. i was the one that actually did that but so-and-so got in trouble for it <laughs> oh is that why you were caught and you were doing that and that and that <laughs> yes and do you remember this teacher who had an affair with this teacher and i'm like no 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 no, no. it wasn't that way around it was the other way around with that teacher trust me i got the in i know stuff like that <laughs> and we were sat at the my graduating class was only 42 people, and out of that 42, we only maybe had about, I'd say, 18 to 20 people there. Yeah. But we were sat at a long table at a restaurant that was right Oceanside. Ooh, nice. So it was the evening, it was Oceanside, and it was, a, it was really nice food, and, you know, everybody was, like, changing seats, and, you know, somebody brought a um, picture book, you know, of al albums... Uh, with old pictures, and I'm talking about, you know, the old pictures that you used to mm -hmm. click, and you'd have to take the film in to actually be developed. Yeah, people, this is how old, <laughs> you know. For anybody who's never had to do that, that's what had to happen. And we're talking about, you know, the things we used to do to our hair, like, you know, the bangs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we used to wear that, and we thought we were cool. <laughs> you know, all of that sort of stuff. It was It was really good. <sighs> yeah, I had a remarkably less busy Christmas, <laughs> busy holiday. Do you know how happy I was when I got home, and I was <laughs> and I was able to drink coffee that was not made out of absinthe and not absinthe asbestos? Because <laughs> I don't know what the heck my parents make coffee out of, but it takes it strips a lining out of your digestive system. I swear <laughs> to God. Did you get anything nitty-ish for Christmas? You're making me think. Damn it. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you got nothing knitting related. I got nothing knitting related, is right. Yep, that's true. I think I got nothing knitting related. <laughs> I think I made up for it. There's a part of me that's kind of glad I didn't get anything knitting related because from what I have been able to locate the yarn in the Caribbean, at least from what I found in the Bahamas, yeah, this is all yarn that you would find at Walmart or your average big bin type of yeah. type of stores this is not you know your your malabrigos or your merinos yeah. or anything like that because next to nobody knits down there and so if anybody <laughs> bought me anything i'd be like okay where where did you get this off of this is this shaved starfish you know you know <laughs> milled together or something like that what is this well i got for books 
I got The Knowledgeable Knitter by Margaret Radcliffe, which has tons of information. It's like how to do everything, basically. Options for seaming without sewing. How to convert patterns from round to, from in the round to flat and vice versa. How to make adjustments to stuff. How to do different kinds of bind-offs. How to do, you know, shaping in different patterns and stuff. So there is tons cool. of knowledge in this. Yeah, choosing patterns, yarn and needles for projects, planning projects, modifying patterns, embellishments, fixing mistakes and making fit adjustments and all sorts of other stuff. I got this one from the library like a couple weeks ago. And as soon as I started flipping through it, I'm like, I need this in my life. And I tend to go <laughs> for more like technique books or like stitch pattern books rather than like actual like full pattern books yeah Yeah. rather than collections you like the um this is how you would do it theoretically wise rather than the knit three stitches or here's elements i can use to create things like the knit stitch the knit stitch pattern handbook by melissa leapman which i also got from the library and was like i need this in my life because there's lots of really pretty stitch patterns in here thankfully all of which are charted and then my brother and sister-in-law are in the States. So they got me two things. Well, one of them you can get up here. The other one you cannot get up here. The one you cannot get up here is the unofficial Downton Abbey Knits magazine. This is the second one. And taking a look through, I'll bring it to Knit Night so you can take a look at it, Maggie. But taking it, like taking a look through it, I like the second one much better than the first one. I know the first one, I didn't really like many of the patterns in it. I think the first one got kind of a lukewarm reception, if I remember right. Yeah, I think we, most of us at Knitting Group were like, meh. But this one's got some really cute stuff in it. This isn't a really cute thing for me, but hello. <laughs> cabled. They instruct you on. They instruct you on how to make the gentleman. Yeah, the, in, in case anybody's wondering, it's the cabled Aaron for a day out by Martin Story. Nom 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 nom. And there's always some really cool articles and stuff in there too. And they also got me the newest Jane Austen knits, which again, really pretty stuff. I love this shawl. Okay, so <laughs> there will probably be some odd little non-sync here or a slightly odd change of subject because we had some technical difficulties. Technical difficulties, yes. So did you get to do any knitting while you were on holiday? I got to do like about that much knitting. Yeah, you're holding your your fingers like an inch and a half apart. Yeah, (laughs) I got little bitty teeny tiny squeezy because you know before I went I said hey I'm making socks for my BFF from high school guess what I didn't finish socks for your BFF from high school yeah <laughs> and uh, my mom's mittens that I started last year saying okay I'm gonna get ahead of the pro I'm gonna get ahead of Christmas I'm gonna start these two color mittens all the way like I started them literally a year ago in January guess what they ain't finished my mom comes back to Ottawa next month I need to finish these well, one's finished. Yeah, one is finished. Where are you on the other one? Hold on, I'm pulling it out. Just up to the thumb, gu- uh, a little bit into the thumb gusset. Okay. Really, I have to go back to being monogamous, because that's when stuff actually works for me. <laughs> because if we're going to go into adventures about knitting... We are. I, I kind of guess that's what the topic was about now. Yes. So, where... Oh! Oh, dang, forgot it. Hold on. Cue superhero music. Okay. <laughs> I was just humming the Captain America march, which I'm okay. totally putting in outtakes. 
I am in the Dresden swap that the amazing Awilda, which is her new podcast name, mm-hmm. um, the lady of the cookies that you are eating right now. <laughs> I'm trying not to eat on mic. Sorry, guys. Those had better not be my cookies. Karen. <laughs> They're not. Okay, she is moderator to the Dresden Swap, of which I am a part of. So I'm not going to be able to tell you exactly what I have, because I have not sent off the swap package yet. And there may be a chance that my swap, my spoily, might be listening. I don't know. But um, I can show Karen. So this is something to be worn said. Nice. That I finished um, in the few... Actually, I finished this in two days since coming back. Nice. That, and then I finished... Well, I'm not quite finished this. This is another thing. It actually goes this way up. To be worn here. Ooh. Big and soft and chunky and squishy. Very nice. And this I've done in a week. Wow. The virtue of using big yarn. Well, yes, the virtue of using big yarn. It is soft and squishy and, like, big and bulky, but this is um, this is 100% wool. It is mm-hmm. not acrylic. So I've done that, and this is something I may need your help okay. with. I want to make this pretty colors. Ooh. Yep, I can help with that. Oh, and that is hand spun. Yes. You're going to dye your hand spun. I am. I am. So there's that. Now, there are other bits and pieces that are going with the package, and maybe by the next time we record, it'll be a legit time frame for me to be a bit more detailed about what all's going in it. But now that this is done, I'm like, okay, this and this, my BFF socks and the mother's mittens, these have to happen. Yeah. I have to clear my slate. These have to happen. Yeah. You know, I have to be an, ad- an adult about my knitting sometime. No comments from the peanut husband gallery. Thank you very much. <laughs> Take your banana bread. Go somewhere else. I love it when he curses me out in Latin. All right. So there's that. I have been plying some... I have been plying. I have been spinning. And I have been looking at the things that I want to do. <laughs> so many things that you want to do. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But I'm telling myself that I got into this problem before I am going to finish the UFOs. So that's where I am right now. Okay. Well, you have three secret things. That yes, you I do. Talk about. I have one secret thing that I have started. I think I showed you the pattern for this. You did. To yeah, know the what I'm, I'm doing in the end. Yes. yes. I can tell people that I am making the secret thing out of Nitpick's Swish DK, DK, which is a superwash merino wool. And I will mention that simply because I will mention, um, I, ha- I think last time I had swatched for the thing and still needed to wash the swatches. So to wash the swatches, I actually toss them in the washing machine, loose in the washing machine, with a load of jeans and stuck it on on cold I think I was but that's because that's just because that's my default for washing stuff well if that doesn't test them nothing will yeah and they came out fine like they were you know around the edges like maybe even very slightly just a little fuzzy but they looked perfect 
taking them good. out of the washer. So hopefully that will be a good thing. Because as I mentioned this last time, this is for a friend of mine who's having a wee one. So this is what I've done so far. <laughs> Isn't it adorable? Yes, it is. It is. It is. It is. I made it is geeky adorable. Yes, I made slight adjustments to the pattern because I was like, mm, I'm going to simplify my life a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I need to get working on it a bit more though. I haven't worked on it in a little while. Whoops. But uh, I especially need to work on it fairly soon because because time's coming. Yes. <laughs> Because there is a time limit for these sort of things. Yeah, there's a time limit. There's a deadline of sorts. Yeah, it's usually not a hard and fast deadline. Like, you don't usually know exactly when it's going to be, but you've got a fairly good idea. So, yeah, I need to get that done. But, you know, it would be helpful if a certain person would go on a maternity leave already so I could bring it with me to work. (laughs) Um, But, other than that secret project... I have lots of things that I can talk about. <laughs> yes, Karen finally has been able to cast on all the things. Yes, because, uh, you know, the last few months, my section segments of Adventures in Knitting have basically just been, I'm still working on the scarf. But now, <laughs> I can talk about so many other things, because <laughs> I finished the Hobbit scarf! Yay, Karen! <laughs> and finished it in time to wear it to the Hobbit movie marathon. Have we have we talked? Uh, have we recorded since then? Nope. That's why I put it in the oh. notes. Oh, jeebus. Yep. <laughs> yes, I went to the Hobbit movie marathon. That was our local theater was doing two days before the actual release date of the third movie. So I got to see the yep. third movie two days before everyone else. So Karen, there were some points where Karen actually was watching me as I was watching the yes. movie for the first time. Oh yes, and we will discuss that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but yes. And so it was it was really fun getting to watch like all three movies. And like a lot of people were so, that I mentioned it to were like, "Oh my god, you're still watching those movies for so long." And like I didn't really notice <laughs> it being like some big test of endurance or anything. It's How did you find the How did you find the continuity? between the three movies did it hold up yeah it was really and it was really interesting to see them like back to back to back the second movie still feels too long (laughs) especially certain segments but you know there was also the sort of thing where like okay well i've seen the first and second movie now i know where i can be during the movie (laughs) um but yeah it was really neat too and it was that might be why like when we get into that (laughs) that might be why i had the emotional reaction i did at the end part of it but we'll discuss that when we get to the actually discussing okay. the Hobbit. Um, of course, because I was at the movie marathon, and because I then saw the second, the third movie, I saw the third movie on the Monday with the marathon. Mm-hmm. I saw it on the Wednesday with you, and I saw it on the Sunday with I, my friend I, Holly. I expect no less. I <laughs> so I no saw less. it three times during that week. So uh, needless to say, I made big progress on movie socks. I actually. So my set of movie socks that I had st- that I had started with Big Hero Six, showing Maggie. I think I can actually still see, yeah, right there. So I had done the toe, and maybe like two inches of the foot during Big Hero. Well, I did the toe before Big Hero Six, but I did about two inches of the foot during that movie, and then I did from there all the way to the start of the ribbing. During the marathon. Wow. Including doing, I did put in a, uh, I'm doing an afterthought heel for these. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I knew with the marathon, like, I wouldn't 
be able to put it down <laughs> or yeah, be able to do the they- heel in the movie theater. I can tell where the beginning of the third movie is because there's a slight mistake in the sock. I don't even know if you can okay. see it on the. I can barely see a, a, a something that's not quite in pattern. That's all I can tell. Yeah, my finger is right below it. Yeah. Yeah, so you can see there's there's one stitch there. I sort of like dropped a stitch or whatever and I had to pick it up and I didn't quite get one strand. So there's two stitches that go over three rows. Um, but And that was right to sort of the beginning of the third movie because things were happening and very tense. But I, I sort of look at it like the, the little weak spot in Smaug's armor. Yes. So I did that during the marathon. And then during the subsequent two viewings, I did the foot. <laughs> Of the, of the second sock. I only need two more movies to finish these pair, this pair of movie socks. So I did those. And then the other thing I finished, because once I had finished the shawl, the scarf, I could move on to the other major project of the past six months. Da, 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 da. Ta-da! The Rheinbeck sweater! Yes. It is finished except for weaving in of ends and the adding of buttons. And part of that is because um, I had bought, basically you need six toggle buttons. Uh-huh. And I had bought toggles um, just before I left for Rhinebeck. They're sort of like very basic wooden toggles. And it was mostly a sort of, well, if I want to wear this at Rhinebeck, I'm going to need something. So yeah. I figured I could always replace them later. Um, now that I have a little more time to look for those, I have found some super pretty toggle buttons that I want to use. Unfortunately, <laughs> the only place I've been able to find them is nitpicks, which if I had known that a month and a half ago, I would have ordered them when I did that last nitpicks order. Are they the multicolored sort of rainbow wood? Nope. Oh, okay. They are feather shaped Ooh. like or like elongated leaf shaped and they've got like little veins okay. sort of etched in them, sort of rustic looking and very pretty. Um, okay. So yeah, I'm just sort of, I'm probably going to post a note on the, the local knitting group and be like, so does anyone else want to do a nitpicks order to see if I can get over the 50 bucks? And if nobody else does, I'm just going to place the order for basically just the buttons and one other thing. And it's like, fine, I'll pay, I'll pay more for shipping, but then, you know, still pay less than if I ordered, ordered a bunch bucks. of stuff to get the over 50 bucks. So yeah. I mean, for, for the buttons, they'll come in a padded envelope. Yeah. And it'll cost me 10 bucks to ship them if I just buy those. But yeah, so I'm probably just going to order those if nobody else wants something. Because I, I would, and I, I'll probably, because I don't want to wait either until I do a big nitpicks order because I want my sweater. I can understand. And now is the time to wear it. Yeah. I could, it would be very useful now because it is damn cold out. It, it is effing cold. It is the opposite of my Christmas. Yes. It is effing cold. So since I have finished those two major things, I have picked up a couple old projects and maybe started a couple new ones. So the UFOs had babies. Yeah, kind of. One of the things I started was the the Tauriel socks. Oh, and I should mention, since this is probably going to be one of the last few times I mention it, uh, my Rhinebeck sweater was the Saddleback Cardigan by Jennifer Hagen from the uh, fall 2014 Interweave Knits. Yes. Ah, uh, there we are. Toriel Socks by Josiah Bain from the Nitty Winter 2014 issue, which you mentioned in the last podcast. But yes, so I have only done the cuff 
and like an inch of the pattern on the first one because for some reason like this time when I'm looking at the chart usually when I, when I look at charts I can easily sort of see where I am but for some reason with this one my brain is just not computing like it's just not sinking in so I just needed right. to stop until I could get like a, a post-it note or something to save my space so I can track where I am in the pattern. That looks very much like a honeycomb kind of pattern. Uh, it's not really honeycomb-y. No? It's sort of these okay. undulating shapes, like branches almost. But these will, these two little motifs will sort of close up and open up again. Okay. But yeah, so I put those down for a little while just because I was, I needed something to keep track of it. And it was something I was going to need to, at least for the first little while, I'll probably need to just work on those. You know, like when I'm watching TV or something. When I'm watching something I've already seen. Not really bus knitting. Right. So for bus knitting. Uh, you have to have knitting for all aspects of life. Yes. I picked up a project I had been working on months ago and put down. The Smocks of Love Socks uh-huh. by Megan Schmaltz. And this is just a free Ravelry download. So basically it's a simple sort of sm- almost smocking sort of pattern made by slipping a group of stitches and wrapping yarn around those stitches. Like you can see the strands that go across. And then when you pull it, yeah, it makes yeah, a slightly yeah, yeah. smocked pattern. You might not be getting the yeah. full effect from the webcam that I'm showing you, but... And I'm doing it in Koigu, you know, one of those random things of Koigu I have, because they're pretty... Yeah. And it's in sort of a dark green with little splashes of white. I have a feeling that, you know, if you ever attain some sort of godhood, you know, it's just that uh, everywhere Karen walks, there springs up little skeins of koigu in her, in her footsteps. <laughs> oh, I wish. Okay. I also started... I'm not going to excavate the pile at the moment to find it. But I also started a sort of crescent-shaped shawl. Um, I'm using Susan Ashcroft's TGV high-speed knitting program. Yeah, yeah. Um, you used this once before, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's a pattern I've done before, as is, and it's in her Train Spotting for Stitch Nerds book. And I really like the shape of it. So I'm going to, what I'm probably going to do is she has like a ribbed sort of almost roughly edge at the bottom. I'm probably just going to pick like a, a lace panel thing or a cable panel. Right. from one of my stitch dictionaries and use that instead at the bottom. Um, I just need to, I'm at the point where I sort of need to to weigh my yarn and see how much I have left. So I know where to start doing that. Though I'm probably going to do a fairly small section of like the pattern at the bottom just because I want to get the maximum amount of width out of the yarn that I'm using, which is uh, Indigo Dragonfly Merino Sock. Oh, in the people are particularly stupid today. I cannot speak to any more of them colorway. I need that on a t-shirt. It's my life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's from Gilmore Girls. What co- what color is that? It's um, sort of very subdued. It's sort of like a dark grayish blue and gray and okay. You know, fairly sort of subdued colors, but still very pretty. Yeah, I'm trying not to cast on all the things, even though like the last couple weeks there's been moments where I've gone through Ravelry looking for patterns for things um including something that (laughs) i might be doing at some point when i get the package of yarn that i bought from a listener's d-stash page (laughs) because uh i've started a new 
D stash slash yarn diet slash organization thread on the group. And someone posted uh-huh. saying they had just posted some of their stuff for D stash. And I went and looked and she had bull Miza. Oh my God. <laughs> and I, I was weak. Oh my God. No, that's not being weak. That's not being weak. Not for Volmeisa. No, that's not weak. Well, the thing was... That, that is a charmed life, is what that is. <laughs> well, she had one skein that she was de-stashing at the, at the time I got there. And uh, I saw it, and I'm like, oh my god, that's pretty, I want it. Um, and I later realized I actually have a skein of that already in that colorway. Um, after I had, you know, made arrangements. But that works out perfectly. Because I have wanted to do a large fingering weight shawl. It's the, she's got the Woolmiza Pure. So it's a fingering weight, uh, 100% Reno wool yarn. And um, so I had wanted to do a large fingering weight shawl and had sort of decided like, you know, had thought Woolmiza would be pretty, but you never know what colors are going to go up at the loopy you. Right. And, right. you know, it might be at a point where I don't see it for like 45 minutes and the color with that colorway would be gone. So I just figured I'd, you know, end up getting more yarn for in something else. But now I'm going to have um, over a thousand yards of Woolmisa in the same oh, fingering weight. Oh my god. In the same colorway. Not the same dialogue, I'm sure, but I'm just going to alternate schemes. So what's the colorway? Uh, it's called... You're going to make me pronounce the German. Oh, well, alright, <laughs> fine. Make up Wasserrats. W-A-S-S-E-R-A-T-Z. What's the color? It's a darkish blue with some black. It's it's sort of very, uh, sort of a semi-solid. Okay. But it's really pretty. I could go grab this game that's in, <laughs> that's in my stash and show you, actually. I'm actually surprised you're not walking around with them hanging out of your neckline. Well, I did kind of pull out all my Wolmoisa earlier, <laughs> because I was like, how many skeins of those do I have again? Um, I have six Spangering Weights games. Woo. So that's part of my, my New Year's plans. Will not say resolutions, but plans is that one I'm not buying anymore until I've used some of that. Or de-stashed. Uh, no. Used. <laughs> Sorry. You're gonna have to look elsewhere, Maggie. Damn it. But speaking of that, do you have any New Year's resolutions or goals or things to keep in mind uh, for this year? Be beyond uh, I'm I'm going to try and not get overwhelmed because I did get overwhelmed with the hobbit along scarf and that was that was just a configuration of the planets aligning and just a l- not going not progressing anywhere I am I keep saying every year when I start that this is the year I'm going to actually do socks <laughs> my own Design pattern sock. so you guys can hold me to it once I get past this project, which is my BFF socks and my mom's mittens. You can hold me to it. The next thing I have to make are Dresden socks. You guys can hold me to it. Okay, so do you have any other sort of things you're trying to keep in mind? No, I don't. I'm not making plans. I'm not making resolutions. I'm not making goals because all of those somehow by the time spring rolls around, it's kind of like squirrel! <laughs> and, you know, that's the end of that. Um. Well, this year, I've got a couple things that I'm like, a couple kinds of projects that I'm sort of keeping in mind that I'd like to do. Like, 
an enormous fingering weight shell. <laughs> I would enormous? preferably like to do how, how wait 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 how how enormous? Uh, as enormous as you can get from one thousand one hundred yards of Walmart. <laughs> okay. Um, I would also this may not be the same thing, but I would like to do a big like pie shawl, or at least circular shawl, a big one. Because I mean, I'm wearing I- my fire under the mountain shawl right now. And it's really nice and everything, but I would like to have one that's a little bigger. So now you want to design one, or you want to just just make one? That depends on like if I really want to do it out of the wool myself. I'll probably end up designing a bit because I haven't seen a pattern for one in fingering weight that has the right yardage that I really want to do as is. Um, if I just use some of the lace yarn I have, or if I do it in another yarn, then I'll probably do one of the ones that I've seen. Like, an actual pattern that is pre-existing, because there's so many pretty ones, oh my god. Um, I want to do a sweater in the DK weight yarn I have, and also be like, okay, not buying any more sweater yarn until I make at least one or two more sweaters. I really want to make... <laughs> It'd be nice to have this really soon, too. Um, the last couple weeks, I'm like, I really wish I had a colorwork cowl that fits fairly tightly around my face mm-hmm. for some fairly obvious reasons, mainly because it's been damn cold with the with the damn cold with the wind chill. Around Weren't here. you making a colorwork scarf last winter? I have the sort of Fair Isle sampler scarf, which I haven't worked on in a while, which I should work on. But I was looking at pre-existing patterns for like colorwork okay, cowls okay. in like a DK or worsted weight. And there's some really pretty ones, including one that has a TARDIS on it. I'm like, dude, I want to do that. But yeah, I kind of want that, but that might be one of those things where it's like, I, and I, I kind of want to write some of these down in a list where I can see them, like, during the summer, so that I remember, like, oh yes, this is something that I really wanted when it was really damn cold. It would be useful to make that now. So somewhere around August, when we're all knitting in the air conditioning, yeah. And you need a small project that doesn't cover your entire lap in wool. Yeah. And other than that, my main other thing is just sort of sort of continuing the the mindfulness with yarn buying that I was doing last year. And me trying not to do much of it. You were relatively good last year. Yes, I was. Partly this was because I was going to Rhinebeck and that was a nice big incentive. Mm-hmm. Not to buy yarn. Um, partly this was also because I was working on two projects for six months of the year. That's true, So it was sort of like, I, I really shouldn't buy yarn, because I'm sure as hell I'm not going to be working on anything else for any time anytime soon. But yes, I won't say, like, complete yarn diet. Like I said, I, I, mindfulness is the... Mindfulness is a good, is a nice... Is the good term, is the term that I use. Because, yeah. too, if you, like, say, and I'm not buying anything, then you get really tempted by something, and you break the diet, and you feel bad. This will give, this will no give need me a to little, feel bad. This will give me a little out. <laughs> there is no need to feel bad. Especially when you find scores like Volmeisa. Yeah. And especially for stuff where it's like, you know, for the stuff where you know, like, I am not going to get be able to get this again, or, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Where that's just setting yourself up to fail. <laughs> if you just try and go cold cheap. Brr. Okay, so yeah, so if, right. if other people have like knitting New Year's resolutions slash um, goals slash you know other things to keep in mind, feel free to do that over on the 
D-stash yarn diet slash organizing thread. Or, you know, if you don't feel like really what you have in mind really fits in that thread, just, you know, discuss it in the thread for this one. Now, in retrospect, although my knitting became a bit chaotic, I think my spinning this past year has really progressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my other thing. I really need to do more spinning and actually finish some of the stuff that I've got sort of mid-bobbin. I've got... I've developed, actually, a real love for it in this past year. And, yeah, I still sometimes wrestle with the whole thick and thin bit, but I, I'm... I can actually feel that I'm progressing, and, I'm make, and it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Yay! Moving along. Into Geek Squeak. If we're going chronologically, <laughs> we, or as chronologically as we can. Yes. The Hobbit, the final movie. Yes, the final one. Oh, sad, sad sigh? Yes. Sad sigh. Well, how long did you, did you think they were going to make this book? Five movies? No, I, like, I knew it was going to be over, duh. And... I mean, I can say right now what I've been telling people, what, you know, what I've sort of been talking with people about, like, no, I don't think it quite needed to be three movies. I did appreciate, I, I have, I don't know if it's higher tolerance or, you know, just more appreciation or whatever for, like, I I can see the, the benefit of including the stuff that they added in because, I mean, maybe it's that I didn't read The Hobbit as a child, so it's not a sacred cow. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But when I was reading The Hobbit and Gandalf buggered off for, you know, 60 pages and summed up what he'd been doing in three <laughs> sentences, it's like, you know, Tolkien, you could have put that stuff in. Now, you know, and I know a lot of people have talked about, you know, the three movies being, oh, you know, they just want to get more money, blah, 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 that sort of thing. And I'm sure for the for the movie studio, I'm sure that was a big thing. Having seen Peter Jackson's King Kong, I'm giving Peter Jackson the benefit of the doubt and saying like, no, he made it three movies because he really wanted it to be three movies. Because he he handled the stuff he wanted to include. And he wasn't Mm -hmm. just doing it just to make more money. I say this having seen his King Kong because his King Kong is super long. (laughs) And there's a couple (laughs) bits where it's like, oh my god, how long has this dinosaur fight been going on? It's like, oh, Peter, you need someone who will edit your movie and say no. And I know with the movie, <laughs> I know with the, I know he. I'm taking your word for granted because I have not seen said movie. Yeah. And I know he co-writes the movies. He's got um, Fran Walsh and I think at least one other person who like sort of co-writes the movies with him. And I know they tell him no on a lot of stuff. But I think at a certain point they just get really tired. And they're just like, <laughs> or they lose so much because there's so much that Jackson wants to put in, they just sort of lose perspective after telling him no so much. And they're finally like, okay, fine. So there, there comes a point where where they're like, okay, we're we're picking our battles near yes. here. We're not we're not winning the, this one. Let's at least cut out the other three. Yes, let's at least cut out you know these other scenes that we really don't need. Um, so yeah, I you know I found the last one to be pretty to be pretty good to be good. And I mean, part of it was the fanish thing of like oh dear god not only like two this is this is the last middle earth movie oh cry me a regard it's night it's like even you know like at the end of lord of the rings when return of the, the king end of, finished so it's like it's like the end of hogwarts yeah it was like it, i mean at the end of return of the king it was like well maybe he'll do the hobbit 
there was that little thing of hope, but now, like, no. And now you've got nothing. He's not doing anymore, and there's no more to do, and I'm, I'm kind of sad. Oh, yes, there are more stories to do. Well, there yes. are, but, like, no one is going to do the Silmarillion. That is not happening. See, you've said that. It's going to go on the internet. <laughs> someone somewhere is going to make it happen. Well, it's not going to be Peter Jackson, because he didn't even want to do The Hobbit. <laughs> He was basically like, I will do The Hobbit if no one else will do The Hobbit. And he thought he'd sort of shifted, shifted that over to Guillermo del Toro for a while. That would have been uber creepy. That would have been so cool. It would have been cool and creepy. And so cool. Okay, okay, I admit that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish we'd be able to see what Guillermo had, would have done with it. But yeah. God, can you, can you imagine what the wargs and the orcs would have looked like underneath Guillermo? Man. That would have been interesting. I'm like, damn. So what were your overall thoughts? I really liked it. It was a very battle-heavy kind of movie. So you had to sort of... I do like the overhead pans where you could see the the flanks, the phalanxes of the different uh, armies moving because it is the battle of five armies. And and you start to... Okay, I've sort of lost track of who we're fighting and that must have been some of the sentiment of the people on the battlefield. So the overhead shots really helped organize um, for some of us who are, you know, not soldiers, the chaos that is going on in all of this. And yes, my favorite, one of my favorite parts was seeing Billy Connolly right up on the war pig. (laughs) I have to admit that. That was the bit where I looked at you. I don't even know. Yeah, that was the part (laughs) when when I just started leaning forward more and more and more. I love Billy Connolly. I've Scotch heritage. I love swearing and he's everything (laughs) all in one. Your face was priceless. (laughs) <laughs> it was amazing. And to think, because Billy Connolly's actually something like seven feet tall, and to see him as a dwarf riding in on a, you know, a giant, on a war boar, mm-hmm. and his tactic of fighting people is just headbutting the hell out of everything. And every time he did, you hear this metallic tang. So I kind of imagine he's got like a skull plate on. And then I'm like, yep, somehow that is Billy Connolly. Fan frickin' tastic. Yeah, I really like this one, and I cried a lot. <laughs> Which again, I'll sort of get into yeah. a bit with spoiler when we get to spoilery stuff. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to spoilers. Speaking of which, so you hadn't you hadn't read the book. Did you have any inkling of the general storyline and? Stuff. Oh, I read the first. I read the book before, either before or after the first movie, so I knew okay. exactly what the storyline was for the rest okay. of the movies. So I knew exactly what was going okay. to happen, so, as I mentioned a couple so, times on the podcast. I know what's going to happen in the third movie. There is going to be people that are going to be traumatized. Unlike the Doctor Who, unlike the Doctor Who episodes, you can't fast forward through this. Yeah, <laughs> I can't just skip the episode. Where I'm like, no, yeah, I don't want can't. my companion to leave. I can't deal with it. But yeah, so shall we move into spoilery stuff? All right, yeah, okay. spoilery stuff. So as usual, um, in the time code for when to skip to if you don't want to listen to spoilery stuff will be in the data file that comes with the podcast or on the blog or whatever. So, Which I have to update. I admit I am a total slacker. December was really tight for me. I will get back to doing all of the show notes. Mm-hmm. I promise, promise, promise. Okay, so... Spoilers from here on in. Listen at yes. your own peril. Oh man, I cried so much at the end of that movie. 
happy. Oh my god. Martin Freeman, you little fucker. <laughs> I was not prepared for your face. I thought I was prepared for your stupid face, and I wasn't prepared for your stupid face. I'm putting that on the t-shirt now. <laughs> I thought I was prepared for your face. Yes. <laughs> I, I, like, I'm sorry, Karen, that is like an indigo dragonfly colorway. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't think Kim listens, but Kim, if you're listening, dare you. (laughs) Double dog dare you. Yeah. I mean, one of the main things I knew going into this movie, I was like, oh my god, this is the movie where a bunch of the dwarves die. The hot dwarves die. Yeah, they don't pull, they don't pull any punches, and they, with, uh, with Keely and Feely? Oh. They, they don't drag it out. You, you suddenly realize, holy, that just happened. That just, yeah. just went. Yeah, and, well, they do kind of drag out Achilles, but <laughs> there's okay, some drag dragging out, out there. Yeah, a little bit. There's a couple action scenes where it's a little long in there. But, um, but yeah, and I mean, part of it, too, was that, like, okay, spoiler for the book, <laughs> if anyone, you know, if I even need to mention this right now, because seriously, the book's been out for how long? Basically, like, because in the book, what happens is you know, the bit where Bilbo, Bilbo gets knocked out, like knocked unconscious. Yep. Bilbo is our point of view character in the book. So the book chapter ends there. Chapter, next chapter starts when Bilbo wakes up. Feely and, and, and Keely are over. already dead. Yes. And Thorin is dying. He's, he hangs on long enough to say final words to Bilbo and then croaks. And that's how the book goes. Like, we don't see any of the stuff in between. Which, so I knew it was going to be pretty bad seeing all the stuff that happens. And I'm like, oh, yep. I wasn't prepared. And it's still sad, it you know, seeing Thorin die, even though he's a, basically being a gigantic douche nozzle for most of the movie. He was a douche nozzle, but it, that had to be played out. Yeah, and it's... I think he did, they did a really good job of showing him getting more and more obsessed with the gold the and Arkans- the Arkenstone and stuff. The Arkenstone. That was good. And there was that one little moment where you kind of see old Thorin come back for a second. When they were having the discussion over the acorn. I know, and it's heartbreaking because then he goes all dragon crazy again. And it's like, oh no. And then like the other thing that I was like <laughs> kind of not looking forward to was that I knew we have experience seeing Martin Freeman <laughs> Yes, we do. A character who has lost something, someone close to them. I'm like, yes, oh my have. god, he's gonna Reichenbach fall this shit, and it's gonna be traumatizing. And it was. I'm like, Martin Freeman. He's, he's got to put something like professional grief and mourner on his resume or something <laughs> like that, because he did. He curled up around Thorin like he was heartbroken. Yeah. So again, I'm not entirely sure where the last thing left off because technical difficulties, but. Yes, I think I was discussing about how I knew that it was going to be bad because we have seen examples of Martin Freeman. And the the face. And the the hurt little hedgehog face. The hurt. (laughs) The little hedgehog face. I love that. And, yeah, the, I mean, I was already kind of crying a little bit. I was getting a little weepy. But like, oh god, that moment when you just see him crumpling and he just makes that tiny little whine of a sob and yes. I'm just like, oh, I can't deal with this. 
sobbing everywhere. And he 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 curls up around Thorin, doesn't he? No, he curls in on himself. Well, there was the, oh, because there was a bit before okay. there was the bit beforehand where he's like still talking to him, like he's still alive, yep. and it's no, oh, I really can't go with. It. <laughs> oh God, it was so heartbreaking. And then the end of it, and even you can still sort of see this this woundedness in him, like even when he gets back to Hobbiton, and the one guy asks him, "Well, what's this? Who's this guy you were?" You signed under. Who's this? Uh, yeah. And you just see this moment, this heartbreak in his eye, in his face for just a second, and he's like, "He was my friend." And I was like, "Oh my god, I can't cope with this. Cannot cope. Leave me here to die." I know. But yeah, and then like, I think my my first tweet after the movie was like, after the movie was over, was the movie is over and I can't stop crying <laughs> because I was listening. Because if you listen to the song at the end. It, it works on two levels. It works as, like, Bilbo singing it. Would be as if Bilbo was singing it. Called The Long Goodbye. About saying goodbye to, you know, people that he made this journey with and stuff. But it also works like they're saying that to the audience. Yep. And it's like, oh my god, I can't stop crying. And of course, Billy Boyd singing, which doesn't help. Which doesn't help, yes, that's true. Dude needs to release an album or something like that. Yeah, it's like oh god, and it, and that was you know I think after seeing the full marathon too, that was like when it hit me like oh my god, this is the last Middle Earth movie. Cannot cope. We've used that a lot in the last few yeah last few months. I'm just gonna move us along just because yeah. of we've lost some time yeah. in our technical. So we'll come back from spoilers, and I will just say one more thing. Uh, I found with this movie, the three D was totally worth it. Yeah, I agree. So if three D is not an issue for you, like if you you know, as long as you don't get like motion sickness during it, or as long as you, I know people who can't see in three D regularly, so like, kind of sucks to go see a three D movie. But like, if you if you don't have any problems with three D, I would definitely say it's worth it to go see it because like just the scope of things and like the battle scenes and stuff was pretty awesome in 3D. Yeah. And you know me, it's fairly rare that I'll actually say that. Okay, yeah, so moving on to next thing. This is the squee part that we did today? Yes. Ah! <laughs> okay, people, so if anybody has been following us for any short amount of time, uh, you know that one of my favorite characters in the world, and by proxy, one of my favorite actresses ever, is uh, Agent May from... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She is mm -hmm. the special ops badass agent. And by proxy, the person who plays her, Ming-Na Wen. Fabulous lady that she is. Oh my god, we found out today she's a knitter. Yes! And not, not just saying that, we've got video footage of it. We've got pictures of Stash. There is there proof. There is proof. Because someone... Um... She actually tweeted it because I don't know if you saw the, the, the tweet that she was responding to. Someone had actually knit a little yeah. Melinda May, May yeah. plushie, which is really cute looking, and I kind of want to make one, and I want to make one for all the other characters too, and then enact little episodes of Agents of Of Human, course you do. And make a little Captain America one and make him a little Coulson one, smoosh their stupid faces together. Um. You have a Funko <laughs> doll for, for Coulson. Anyway. <laughs> I don't have a Funko... 
Captain America though, and like plushy would be so even more cuddlier. Oh, no. I I can cling to it when when the episodes are being very traumatizing. Okay. Um, but yeah, so someone tweeted that, and she said something. She asked them if there was a pattern. And they're like, not right now, I can write one up. Are you a knitter? Yeah. And she's like, what do you think? Click. And she showed a picture of her stash, including some like hats she'd made and stuff. And it's like, oh. One of them God. had a little maple Maggie. leaf on them. Yes. And it was white with a yes. red brim. Yes. And so, yeah, this... as soon as I saw that, I was like, Maggie needs to see this. I'm like, oh, my God. My favorite per like, favorite people in the world become more favorite. Mm -hmm. And then someone she knew, I guess, on uh, Stargate, Stargate Universe, when she was on that show, posted a little animated GIF of her in between takes, standing there and knitting. <laughs> like, Which is totally what I would be doing if I was black yeah. belt in everything, you know, actress. And yeah, in between takes, guess what I'd be doing? Knitting. Yeah. Like, do you know how much? How, do you know how much progress you could probably make on knitted stuff, considering it's like do a scene for three minutes, wait thirty minutes for them to change the yep. lighting. And now I am completely obsessed with sending her a knitting package, and I do mean <laughs> obsessed. I want to make her and send her stuff. <laughs> I kind of want. I don't think I'm sure that. I am sorry. Just <laughs> yes. a little bit excited that you know and well, my dude, brain just sort of exploded dude i cannot blame you my brain kind of exploded and like i can only imagine how it'd be if we found out that like clark Gregg was an inner <laughs> i would be exploding all over the place so i can understand how you feel <laughs> she can't even no, I can't, She's I, just I, hands. for once i'm the one going i'm the one doing the salt and pepper shaker hands the flappy hands ah. oh my god but yeah, so moving along to something else, which is again like, oh my god, awesome in the Marvelverse. Yes! So we saw the first two episodes of Agent Carter! And were they ever fantastic? Yes. Yes. They were oh everything god. they were being built up to be, in my opinion. Yes. I would prefer if more reviewers could say that without bashing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> but... But we can't have nice things, so... No, no. no. I mean, at, but yes, hey, admit, the show was at least this is not the Sherlock fandom, because the Sherlock fandom goes places with torches and pitchforks. <laughs> I love that they have not made it easy for her. Mm -hmm. And I love that she shows strength as well as weakness, because she actually breaks down. Yeah. I mean, oh, Peggy. yes, that does suck, but... It's hard. It's gritty. It's real. Yeah, because I mean, the the show is like sort of dealing with, um, her. I mean, one in the situation where you know she's still working for the Strategic Scientific Reserve, and she's in a man's world. A man's world. You know, a, a very male profession where like the other guys that she's working with are not taking her seriously. I mean, hell, the men on the street aren't taking her seriously. Yeah. And, you know, also having to cope. This takes place a year after the end of, well, the, the end of the 1940s segment in the first right. Captain America movie. So she's still dealing with, like, losing Steve and, you know, the other sort of effects of the the war 
And she's still sort of trying to cope with that. And thank you guys. Thank you so much for showing the end of Captain America again at the beginning of the episode. Because I really needed to cry at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you didn't need those heartstrings for anything, did you? It's like, nope. No, I didn't. I really, I really needed to ugly cry at the beginning of the episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs> because ugh, that last conversation between Steve and Peggy is just like, oh my god, this never gets any better. Yeah, I know. Now, moving into something a little bit more positive, how much do you love Jarvis? Oh my god, I love Jarvis so much! I adore him. I love him so much. I adore him. I really want to make a t-shirt that just says, I'll forgo the linens. <laughs> and only the geeks will yes. understand. Oh, I love him so much. And I love that he's... I, I love everything they are doing with those two characters. Because I love that... One, okay... I love that Peggy basically has what is generally a very a, a character or backstory which is given to a male character, which is like basically in in this for the purposes of this show, Steve Rogers was fridged. Yep, <laughs> it is his death which spurs Peggy on to do stuff. It's like he he is the the sacrifice that colors her day that colors her every movement now. And Jarvis is the sidekick which in a lot of cases, is given to the woman. Yeah. Like, and as, the Bond girl, the, yeah. you know. And as someone pointed out, is being, is the, the one who's having to support her. And at one point, we even see he's even, you know, he's the one patching her up. Yep. At one point from an injury. And he's, like, on, he's looking up at her while talking to her. And it's like, usually it's a dude hero who's getting patched up by a you know, female love interest who's like looking up at him all starry-eyed. But and I love Oh my to... god, how many times did you grit your teeth during the Captain America radio show? <laughs> Lots. Yeah. As many times as I, I love I love every single one of Peggy's like, bitch, are you kidding me faces? I, I love her look of disgust at it. <laughs> how much she hates it. Yeah. But the other thing I love about Peggy and Jarvis is that they already have this, this strong, sort of close relationship and this trust, but there is nothing sexual yeah. about it. Yes. Nothing. And that is refreshing. He is married. They say that very quickly. Yep. And it's like, okay, nothing sexual here. And she is still grieving in mm. her own way. And they are so not a sink. Yeah. They are like... They're a platonic couple. Which is so, thank God. Which is amazing. Refreshing. I mean, there's one point where they are in a bedroom, she is flopped on a bed, and there is nothing sexual about the scene. Yeah, there are no innuendos, there are no jokes. Yes. Nothing. I love it so much. Yes. <sighs> it is everything I was hoping it to be, and I cannot wait for the next few episodes. Especially the preview for this next episode, for tomorrow's episode, yeah. looks amazing. And I love, too, that with it, it's the same sort of thing with her, when that one scene she has with Howard Stark, where, like, yeah, they show the clip of him sort of flirting with her back in, you know, the first Captain America movie, but now, like, when he's talking to her, there's nothing, there's no flirty. It's no. like she is someone that he respects. And that she is someone who 
you know, he, he, he respects her abilities and her intelligence and... Above anybody else yeah. at the moment. Except himself, naturally. I mean, this is Stark we're talking about. <laughs> well, and there is that thing that they're keeping from her. Yes, we know, but we gotta have some intrigue to happen. Like, <laughs> well, it's I think we're gonna find something out about that tomorrow. Oh, yes. I hope so. Now, what did you think of the Ant-Man trailer? I haven't actually seen it. Okay. Because I then actually... Did they show... Did you watch the Canadian feed for Agent Carter? I don't know. Okay. Because I don't even know if they showed it in Canada. And I should say, too, like... I've seen Agent Carter a couple times now. But, like, the first time I watched it, it was super late at night. Because I forgot that... Like, I knew that, that there was the double episode, but I thought it was the double episode starting at 9... Oh, not starting at eight, and I forgot to check to make sure that the DVR was going to record it, and I worked until eight on Tuesday. So by the time I got home, it was already like halfway into the show, and it wasn't recording. So I watched and taped the West Coast feed. Okay, but yeah, so I was pretty tired by the time I actually watched it. So sort of like, oh, I can't remember exactly what happened, um, which is why I had to rewatch it twice in the last couple of days. Okay, so we all. But we I have not about... seen the Ant Man. I have heard other people's opinions of Ant Man. Yeah. I have heard some things about the story of Ant Man, which I am seriously side eyeing Marvel for. But I will check the trailer and see what. It yeah, looks we'll like. we'll we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. In case you've been living under a rock, hey, guess what? There's going to be a baby batch. <laughs> yes, Cumberbatch is spawning. Cumberbatch is going to be a daddy. Hey, we always did say they were going to make beautiful children. Mm -hmm. We just didn't think it was going to be this fast. <laughs> well, considering, like, I have, I can only imagine what trying to schedule that wedding around their schedules is like. <laughs> so True. You're probably like, maybe we should just, you know, get on with it. Now, I'm not as fanatic as I was in my teen years about my celebrity choices. When I was a teen, <laughs> I knew their favorite cereals. I knew their middle <laughs> names and I knew what their parents' birthdays were and everything like that. Okay, I'm not as fanatical about that in my adult years. But apparently, this whole... Because they only started dating in the summer. Mm -hmm. And they became engaged in the late fall. And apparently this is very unlike Ben. This is not how he usually does things. Apparently Ben likes to plan and replan <laughs> everything in his life. Then, oh my and god, this, this is... Ooh, then this is sort of like romance novel, basically. Yeah, this is like <laughs> romance novel stuff. Everybody's like, what? Wait, the what? You're what? He You're was getting... the kind of guy who liked to plan everything. Right. But what he couldn't plan for was true love. Oh, god. <laughs> I need some wine to go with that cheese. <laughs> that's good quality. Oh, that's, like, that's kind of sweet. It is kind of sweet. It just has everybody doing a little bit. Now, hey, I love me Cumberbatch. You already know that. Mm -hmm. And I wish the guy well. But apparently out there in the internets and the interwebs, it's got some people doing the side eye because, you know, counting on their fingers and you've been dating and you've engaged in the baby and... That's a very short time span compared to the 12 years you were with this other person. 
and it took you a long time to come to grips with letting go of that person to the to the where you know little time sphere we've got going here and i'm going you know what maybe fandom he just, you have maybe, too much time on your hands <laughs> maybe he just found it maybe yeah. it clicked maybe you know and i hate to say it like this but if they both wanted families anatomical clocks are ticking for some people <laughs> at least half of the couple yeah no, I wish them both well. I mean, I always, you always knew they were going to make beautiful babies. And they're, she seems like a real cat. She's a very intelligent woman. Mm -hmm. So. So go then. Them. Yeah, go them. <laughs> go Cumberbatch. And I hope, I hope, I hope that when you guys get married and when you guys have the baby, I hope that the media frenzy is at least, least containable within the spectrum of an atomic bomb. And the fandom frenzy. Oh my god, the fandom frenzy. Goes I mean, at least so away. far, the, the fandom has been positive for them. Mm -hmm. But, um, and maybe this whole becoming a family man will calm the fandom down a bit. Hopefully. Who knows? Hopefully. I mean, there's always Hiddleston. <laughs> that, that's what I keep telling myself. And the instant that I find out that Hiddleston is, you know has a girlfriend i'm like okay that's it i've got nothing left to live for except you know care except for karen's volmice not going to happen <laughs> anyways moving along yes, moving along well speaking uh, of other comic booky things there has been a, a nice development in the comic book world oh thank god how long did this take to happen <laughs> yes so uh, basically, this time over in DC Comics land, uh, there's a character named Tanya Spears who has taken over the role of Power Girl in DC Comics. And Power Girl is well known for a certain aspect of her costume called the boob window. Basically, she's dressed, I think, from ankle to neck in spandex. No, it no, it's a le it's a long sleeve leotard, I think. Yeah, but the leotard, are, uh, so basically like bathing suit with yes a neck on it and long sleeves. Yes, except for one one part, just above her boobs, which is mysteriously cut out yep. for reasons. For reasons, because her skin needs to breathe in that area. And I there's guess. no and there's no flight aerodynamic reasons. Let me tell you. Yeah. And there's certainly no protective reasons because hey, let's put a let's open up a big hole in her costume right above her heart. Like not really like the spandex was doing much unless, you know, they all shop at the super saver, you know, somebody who you know, uh what's it from the Incredibles? What's the name of the fashion designer from the Incredibles? Edna Mode. There you go. No capes. No capes for you. Um <laughs> unless they're all shopping from the same store being hers. Yeah, that swimsuit is not going to stop any bullets. But you know, let's just give the let's just give the gunman something to oogle at in the meantime. Yeah, but so it, it's been a bone of contention amongst those who 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 actually give a yes, damn. Who have been talking about the way female superheroes are dressed um, for men, for quite a while, and now that the mantle of Power Girl has passed on to Tanya Spears, who is seventeen years old, I might add, in the comics. There has been a little change in the costume. She is also a woman of color. Yes, which is awesome. Which is awesome. And no more boob window. 
there is sort of like a a reflection of the boob window like a suggestion of it but it's yeah, very obviously like a, not a window yeah there's a yellow circle sort of on her upper chest and but it's much smaller than the boob window and there's maybe a slight suggestion of possible cleavage but it's not like full on cleavage yeah and it's a different color so it's it's less it's not like okay is that also just yellow spandex which is conforming to curves or is it actually like a hole with like some sort of plastic in it or something but she has a full and her outfit i mean grant if if edna made this it's great Mm -hmm. because it goes from her neck down to her feet and it goes right down to her knuckles yeah and she's got a kick-ass jacket i kind of want that jacket yeah it's a bolero style you know jacket with a popped collar and like we're going kind of 80s with the shoulder pads but that's pretty (laughs) cool i mean yeah, it's kind of like a dark blue, so it's almost like a denim bolero or something. But in a cool way, not in a yeah. cheese ball sounding way. No, not in a cheese ball way. <laughs> but yeah, so she's first introduced in the comic World's Finest, number 23, um, as a super super intelligent 17-year-old scientist. Yay! Yay! Woman of color in STEM fields. Awesome. Who helped Power Girl... And Huntress returned to their home on Earth 2. After they leave, she discovers that she developed powers of super strength and flight similar to Power Girls. And so in in World's Finest number 26, she was also given the name Power Girl. So basically, she's the new Power Girl for this version of Earth. Because there's more than one version. Because comic books. Yeah, because con- <laughs> yeah, multiverse. And she's, she's yeah. going to be joining the teen, tar- teen Titans in their latest story arc. So, hence why she's got the cool costume. I'm thinking that her even her body shape, she's a little bit more, she's a little bit heavier on the bottom. Yeah, she's kind of pear shaped. At least, and I, I was wondering, like, I wasn't sure if it was just the costume on the drawn figure, but yeah, she looks a little more bottom bottom heavy, which is also awesome. Which is also awesome. Yeah, she does in no way appear weak. Yeah. or soft. She still appears strong, but she does have more mass to the mass to her thighs and hips. Yeah, and hey, yeah, her stomach guess was a what? Bit concave, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that that was one of the comments of the on the article going, "Okay, why in a spandex suit are we still seeing your navel?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, there is that problem, but you know, you can take that up with the artist. But I do I do appreciate that we're starting to flex out to different body shapes mm-hmm. and to uh, finally get away from the boob window and <laughs> yay for girls of color with brains and i'm like this yep. is progress and they awesome. said you know in in the article about the the new costume and stuff on the mary sue they say that this is a one it's a super smart character but also she's as they say an awesomely cosplayable girl that's true. So, like, you know, like the, like all the girls that I've seen and women I've seen pictures of cosplaying as Kamala from Ms. Marvel. Now there's going to be more girls who can cosplay like Tanya. Yep. Awesome. Which is going to be awesome. So, yeah, she's going okay. to be in uh, Teen Titans number six, which comes out on January 21st. So, yay. So, and also on comic news. This is going to be a comic-heavy version of the podcast. On New Year's Eve, we got issue number one of the new S.H.I.E.L.D. 
with Coulson and May and Fitzsimmons. <laughs> and it's pretty good. It's a little bit bigger than um, most of the other comics that I've been buying. Um, because I think it looks like each issue is going to be a, you know an enclosed story of its own. So they're probably going to be a little thicker so you can get a full story in. But like the way it starts off, and I'm going to bring this to midnight so you can see it. Yay. Maggie, but the way it starts off is with tiny Phil Coulson as a kid studying superheroes. <gasps> oh my god. And it oh my follows god, oh my god, him oh my god. through his life. Because of course, he's, this is in the, the Marvel 616 universe, which is different from the MCU, which is why there's a couple characters from Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield that aren't in it because they're so tied into what's going in with you know, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But so in this version, like there's been bunch of superheroes around for ages so you know like little colson can you know compile he's compiling notes on different um on different superheroes and he's even got a captain america poster with oh the original God. bucky in it as in like the teenage bucky he's oh that's poster, adorable and he's got posters of other other superheroes and stuff and he's it looks like in the first couple panels he's making notes on the human torch and it follows him, like, college age, you know, when he first joined S.H.I.E.L.D., age 25, up until current day. And I'll show you one of the panels, too, because it, it, I I got this and I was reading I was reading this on the bus on the way home from the comic book store because I just couldn't wait. A and I kind of had a moment when I hit this panel right there. Because oh. it might look a little different because I think it's flopped on the uh, video screen. But in person, I'm like, oh my god, that looks like Kirkrag. Oh my god. That's the finger. Oh my god, nope. it's actually Phil Coulson. I mean, not that he isn't in Secret Avengers, but it's also kind of squeal. I don't think that they can find anybody that they can put any other face there, mm -hmm. except for Clark Griggs. Oh. And there's Melinda May. Yay, May! <laughs> yeah, I'll bring it with me so you can, so you can see it more up close. Cool. But yeah, it's fun, and it's got... Fitz and Simmons in it, and Fitz is trying to get a helper monkey. And there, there's a couple things about the story that were sort of like, eh, for the first issue. But I, I'm still really excited about seeing more of these, and about getting to see what they do with the comic book version of all these people. Oh, and there's a little bonus, there's a little bonus cartoon, bonus strip of Fitz and his... Well, in this version, it's a an AI... Okay. Operating system, which is a little helper monkey. A digital, digital helper monkey. Aww. And I, can't wait, I also can't wait for the second issue because it involves uh, Simmons going undercover in a school. The same school as Ms. Marvel. So I'm like, yes, Ms. Marvel gets to be gets to meet the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters. Now, if only I could see that on TV, I would lose my shit. Hey, be careful. You know that they listen to this stuff. <laughs> Do it. Do it. And you know break the kind the of setting up they could bring her in. But they anyway. could. They break the freaking universe. <laughs> that would be awesome. Not just the internet, the freaking universe. But yeah, so how about we move into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes? Let's do it. Because there's something comic booky in there, too. Do we want to start with the first one? Mm -hmm. Okay. It seems like a good segue. Okay. So... So when Phil Coulson gets out of the shower, what do you think he drives himself off with? <laughs> I was not thinking that. <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> so 
so right for you, but so freaking wrong. <laughs> yes, when Phil Coulson gets out of the shower, he has got America Winter Soldier three-piece towel set. And you've got your standard large towel, you know, you use to dry off, you know, all the broad body parts with. And I'll let Karen think on that for a little while. Then you've got closer to the smaller handhelds and what looks like closer to just a uh, decorative washcloth. The smallest one has, they all have the border of the red and white stripes. It's navy blue towel, red and white stripes vertically Yeah. Um, in a border. The smallest towel has an A, much as you'd find on Cap's uh, yeah. mask Cap. right in his forehead. <laughs> yeah, on his cowl. Um, the middle towel, I guess... It, that would be I think that's the insignia he had on his like on his shoulder um in the first movie when okay. he was with the SSR. And then the third towel, that insignia is on his I think it's on his back as well as on his shoulder of his okay. new shield uniform. It's very it's in Winter Soldier. Star with banners coming out of it. Yeah. Found this through Think Geek. Yeah, you can get it at Think Geek. Dot com and I'm actually just opening up the page right now. I've got the the article about it on uh, Geeks Are Sexy, so I'm just clicking. You'll over. feel like Cap when he's drying off in the Avengers Mansion, pampered and ready to kick some Hydra patootie. <laughs> oh, the description on Think Geek. The first thing it says: perfect for drying off after a long freeze. Oh God! A set of towels for your evil punching bathroom. <laughs> Perfect for drying off that cold dip. <laughs> Bad. It is forty nine ninety nine for the set. Now we are in Canada, and I think I'm not sure if this is set up to be American dollars or Canadian dollars. Um, I'm pretty sure it's U.S. dollars. Okay. So yeah. Oh, and it's got oh, the little. It's got I a shield. Just I just noticed that too. On the other side. Oh my god, I kind of want these. Now, what's the what's the bet that they're going to come out with a Hydra version in the next two months? <laughs> well. Maybe black with red skull or the skull and snake. Well, you know those would never grace my bathroom, so. Not No, not your bathroom, no. Uh, well, we won't talk about other things that might grace, grace your uh, private quarters. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, I just... just scrolling down to the bottom of course think geek is also where you, after you've dried yourself off with your captain america towels you can wrap you can wrap yourself in your captain america terry cloth robe <laughs> but yes so moving along uh now coming up in february 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 is a hit or miss kind of month for a lot of people because it's really deep into winter and you've got valentine's day right in the middle some people love it some people hate it some people try to pretend it's not there this is something that can actually throw a little bit of light into February. Neil Gaiman's new book will be released in February featuring, it has features of Doctor Who and American Gods. It's a collection of short stories. He calls it Short Fictions and Disturbances. <laughs> and the name of the book is Trigger Warning. <laughs> Which if you if you're not in fandom on the internet, you might know what not know what a trigger warning is. Um, it's basically like, it's mainly like something someone will put on like a post on Tumblr or like if an article or, um, like fanfic or something where basically it's something generally, it's mainly used for things where like for people who have, especially people who have like post-traumatic stress disorder or others who've gone through traumatic things, it's basically to say like, Hey, there's this kind of content in here. And like, this may actually trigger like flashbacks and other like nasty 
responses for you. So be warned and, you know, maybe skip this. Um, <laughs> I am not sure what so, I'm not sure how this, this, this comes into what he's written. There may be feels inside of this yes, book. There may be skin crawly stuff. That That's true. Yep, uh, I'm reading through some of the uh, description. A Doctor Who story honoring the show's 50th anniversary last year. So yeah, so the other thing that we found, and this is something I found weeks ago, and I've had it open in a tab ever since because I have to show this to you guys. Oh my god! Okay, there's a, an Etsy shop called Crafted Van. C-R-A-F-T-E-D-V-A-N. And... They make mostly these adorable little magnetic bookmarks, including... Oh my god. Let's see, we've got Hiro and Baymax, which are ah! the characters from Big Hero 6. We've got Bat Lego Batman. There's Baby Dancing Groot! Oh my god. There's the house from Up with all of the balloons. Yes, there's... The 11th Doctor, a there's a TARDIS, there's Harry Potter characters, there's Sherlock characters, there's one set she has of just, I, sorry, I'm assuming this is a she, of just female characters from Sherlock. There's sushi, there's desserts. There's a little London there's set, which I really want. There's Disney princesses. Day of the Dead, Pokemon. Sailor Moon. Oh, little Mary Poppins. Oh, the rainy day set is adorable. There's a crafter set. There's a little John. There's a little Lego set for the Lego movie, including Lego Batman. Aww. Oh, I like the little New York ones, too. Oh my god, I want so many of these. Doug! From Up! <laughs> oh my god, I could have Baymax and Doug... And Baby Groot. And it'd be like, oh my god, these are my happy place. She's got a bacon strip. <laughs> these are all little magnets. Book ma bookmark magnets. Uh, mini magnets. Cards. Fridge magnets. Yeah, there's some adorable cards in there, too. But mostly the, the bookmark magnets, and I want them so much. Yeah, they have, and she has two sizes of the magnetic bookmarks sets. There's a slightly larger one, and there's the mini magnet bookmarks. They range from, I've, I'm looking at um, a mini magnetic bookmark, which is one of the monsters from Monster University, and it was $3.25 Canadian. Yeah. And that's one of the minis. Yeah, the basic um, magnetic bookmarks, regular size magnetic bookmarks, are about $6, I think it was. Yeah. And then from there, the sets depend on, you know, how many, what size they are and how many they are. Because I think that there are six of the Disney princesses, and there are 18. Yeah, I'm looking at the London set right now, and there's five mini magnetic bookmarks, and it's $15. So, yeah, Baby Groot is $6. So you can use these when you read Neil's book. Yes. Or it would be cool to have, like, the craft set, and to use that to mark places in a knitting book. Or in, you know, a, a knitting reference book or something. Or just fun to use them for pretty much anything. Or can you imagine, oh, what was I thinking earlier that would be really cute? Putting them all over the fridge and doing little puppet shows? <laughs> well, that too. But there was an idea I thought earlier. It'd be really cute. I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, these are super adorable. I am dying of cute. And I want them all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We should leave it here. Because I'm going to have to do enough splicing. 
Okay, my. All lovers. right, everybody. We will we will leave it here, and everybody, we will see you next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long it takes me to get this one edited, considering I'm going to have to put bits together. Yeah, well, spit splice and you know duct tape. Yep. However, however, we have to do it. Pretty much. Okay. Night, everybody. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on! Nope. Video turned off. Strangers in the night Exchanging glances Wandering in the night Yeah, I'm gonna keep singing this until you come back. Yes, Oberon? Come here. Rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub. Who do you think they be? The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. And I need to find a ref a sexual innuendo reference to insert here. Zooby dooby doo. Okay, I gotta think of another one. Ah, oh, it's time to put on makeup. It's time to light the light. It's time to get things started. Yabba dabba doop a doop a doop a doop a doop a doop. Seriously, Karen. WDF. Yeah, we were talking for a little while and then her computer froze and she fell off. So I just asked her, she's now back on, and I've asked her if she wants me to stop recording or to keep talking into the mic singing Strangers in the Night and doing limericks. We were talking, and then her computer froze. Uh, no, I mean, she said that she's back. She's trying to see if she can recover the, the file that we've already recorded from Audacity. Mm. And I'm just still recording. And there you are. Mark, 42 minutes and 10 seconds. Yeah, I know. Did you tell her about Wing now? Are you kidding? She's the one that told me about Wingna. Wingna. Mingna. Yeah, we've been going back and forth about it all day. Are you kidding me? We got plans, dude. Oh, shit. (laughs) Alright, I will let the crazy be the crazy. Bye. My cheer wheel is stuck in a project bag. (laughs) There's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> It'll cost more. What the fuck was that? Okay. Anyway. Karen has volmice and she's not sharing. I let him in. Karen has volmice, which is sexy yarn. There was an update at the Loopy U with it today. I didn't even think to put that on my Christmas list, to be honest. Well, it is hard to get. 
gave me a list of things to get her. I got her the things that she wanted. And more. <laughs> he did try and find one of the the knitting books that I had on my list, and he could not find it, but he did try. It's not in North America yet. Okay. It's the Celtic Cable Shawl. Ooh, yeah. 